Welcome to the Business of Beverages, Drinks Industry Insights with Makers, Marketeers, and Mischief. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Beverages. I'm your host, Will Keating. I'm joined by Mr. Portig, Foxy Fox. Hey, Will. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Many happy returns to you, Foxy. Oh, thanks, Will. It's an exciting year ahead of us. Oh, listen, I can't wait for another year of restrictions, COVID, and daily news rounds telling us what we can and cannot do. Oh, well, I've had COVID now, so, you know, I'm, I'm <gasps> done with it. Oh, tell us. Tell us tell us a live report from the front line. Oh, well, from my front room, because I haven't been able to go anywhere else. Um, <laughs> no, th- thankfully, I got diagnosed with COVID about two days before Christmas Day, and uh, I was self-isolating in <laughs> on the floor of the baby's room. Until my oh. wife also tested positive, uh, so I was allowed out of self isolation. So we, we we haven't left the house in days uh, because of the restrictions. If you've got kids, it's seventeen days of isolation. So uh, the the four walls here have become very very familiar. Thankfully, symptoms were really really minor, just a little bit like a light head cold. But the uh, yeah, the not being able to leave the house is definitely the hardest bit. And tell me, did you lose your sense of taste? Thankfully, nope. Uh, I, che- I made sure over Christmas to double check that with a lot of high ABV stouts, uh, as, is, <laughs> as is my usual Christmas tradition. But smell and taste, uh, smell and taste uh, thankfully, I never lost them. Listen, we had a great break over Christmas, though. We treated people to a, a festive shot of before Christmas, which I think was a bit of crack. And then we had our bonus episode, which was Design Drink with Dominic Scott, which really wasn't about drinks at all. It was much more about music and our theme song. So I hope people are ready to get back into the swing of things. And we have a shot of. Yeah, it's time to get quizzical. <laughs> oh, 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 very good. So uh, it's a new year. Your choice. Would you like to ask the questions or would you like to guess? I would like to guess first. Okay. Okay. I, I say this, Will, because the the one kind of, uh, I'm, I'm COVID clear now, but the exhaustion is still very real. I think that's parenting. That's not COVID. <laughs> if that or it's the, the stouts are, are starting to build up an effect on you. Okay, so let's go. For five points, this drink was created in Italy in 1896. And I'm happy to point out at this point, it's a brand of drink. So this brand of drink was created in Italy in 1896. Okay, 1896 is probably some sort of aperitif. Italy do quite well on the old aperitif front. I am going to go with Campari. Incorrect. I like your guess. I like your reasoning. Uh, well thought out. Well constructed. Wrong. Now, here's here's your le- here's your totally left field clue. Uh, this would give it away to you instantly if you know it. This drink shares its name with an English acid jazz band from the 1990s. I do not have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried because I would have got it, but uh, uh, I'm, no. I'm that little bit older. Uh, funny enough, acid jazz not really the the hip thing that we listened to in secondary school in my day. <laughs> <laughs> You're too busy with Biggie and Tupac. That, that, exactly, yeah, the old West Coast, East Coast, um, which is a debate in IPA now. It just shows you how far the world has come. Um, <laughs> oh, God, I, I've no idea. That I'm not going to guess anything on that, too. Okay, okay. So depending on how, how much you know your cocktails, this will also give it away to you. This drink is a key ingredient in the Harvey Wallbanger and Golden Cadillac cocktails. Oh, goodness, I should know this. You should know this. Uh, Weirdly, I always thought Harvey Wallbanger was um, gin, but but it's not. That's the Tom Collins, isn't it? Tom Collins is gin-based, yes. 
Um, oh, every bartender who's listening is screaming at you right oh, now. It's not just bartenders either. People <laughs> literally read a book that featured a Harvey Wallbanger is probably <laughs> screaming at me. Um, no, I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I have to guess something. I'm just going to go Aperol, even though I know that's wrong. Incorrect. For two points, Arturo Vicari created this beverage with its distinctive yellow color and a flavor of aniseed and vanilla, the latter distinguishing it from Zambuca, Uzo, and other Mediterranean aniseed spirits. So it's the vanilla and the yellow color that make this distinctive. Ah, uh, is it, um, uh, it? It's like a name, isn't it? Um, uh, surname, Galliano? Yes, correct. Uh, well done. Um, yes. yes. Excellent. For, for one point, uh, I did a fair job of drinking quite a lot of us at my 21st. <laughs> really? Never, yep, and have never touched it since. Yeah, we all have those. Yeah, for one point, uh, the bottle in, uh, is a very distinctive shape, uh, extremely tall, and it was allegedly inspired by a Roman column. So if you yeah. ever look at a back bar, the really tall bottle is the bottle of Galliano. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, for some reason, there was a bottle of it in my parents' house for years, and uh, it made an appearance that night, and uh, they've, they've never restocked it, and I, I genuinely have never touched it since. Yeah, I think a Harvey Wallbanger was kind of really a very 1970s cocktail, um, and in researching this, I, I found out that it was allegedly created by the, the distribution company in the US who tried to promote Galliano by promoting the Harvey Wallbanger. <laughs> Uh, Harvey Wallbanger, for anybody who doesn't remember the 1970s or 80s, uh, is simply vodka, orange juice, and Galliano. It is a screwdriver with a shot of Galliano. Well, that sounds better on the menu. Yeah, uh, indeed it does. So, fantastic. Two points. Not a bad start to the year, but not a great start. No, no. The Harvey Wallbanger one, I, I really should have got it on that one. But, uh, yeah. ah, look, I, I'm going to blame the COVID fatigue and uh, <laughs> <laughs> move on. Right. So, uh, I, I think you'll get this one quick, quick. Um, but uh, let's let's see let's see so for five points will uh 1.5 billion liters of this uh product are produced annually but only one percent is exported oh so i'm gonna give it a number again because it's big 1.5 billion liters soju it's not soju but you're, you're on the right track with with distillation um, so be- because this beverage was once banned in its native country, there are over 2000 nicknames for it in the native population. Uh, some of them dating from that time, but some of those nicknames are heart opener, holy water, tiger breath, and eyewash. <laughs> tiger breath. I want a bottle of tiger breath for sure. <laughs> mm. Okay. I, so the volume is so enormous, I'm thinking it either has to be Chinese or Indian or something Asian. We've already had Baiju. So we have already had Baiju, so it's not Baiju. Soju, Baiju. Saki. Uh, we've already had Saki as well, I think. Uh, but it's not Saki. But your 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 population thinking is 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 a good way of uh, weeding out some countries. Okay. 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 So for three points, the distillation process for this beverage goes all the way back to fifteen thirty two, from the islands of Madeira. 
And there are now over 40,000 different producers of this beverage in one country. So, okay. So Madeira is Portuguese. Cachaça. It is cachaça. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling pleased with myself about that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's but- great. Yeah, so obviously uh, Portugal conquered um, Brazil. Uh, obviously, everybody in Brazil speaks Portuguese, so Madeira must have exported its uh, cachaça uh, or distillation techniques to Brazil, where they they used it to make cachaça. Not only did they export the distillation technique, but they also exported the sugarcane to Brazil originally as well, which is used to make cachaça. So that's weird. So sugarcane wasn't native to Brazil? Uh, not according to Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> yes, you know, the little asterisk that accompanies almost every <laughs> shot of quiz. <laughs> Well, had you continued for two points, there's uh, much like lots of other spirits, there's two varieties, a uh, white or blanca version, and then an mm. aged or gold version as well. And for one point, it's used in many, many tropical cocktails, with the most famous being the Cabernet. Yeah. Excellent. No, well done. Uh, I just about worked that out. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So only 1% of cachaça is exported. I'm not really surprised by that. It isn't something that you see a lot of, to be fair. No, and actually the biggest export market for it is Germany, surprisingly. That is weird. Yeah, although there is quite a Brazilian expat population in Germany. So maybe uh, that accounts for it. I will have to take your word for it um, as our resident... Um, Germanophile? Yeah. Teutonophile? Teutonophile sounds much better. Yeah. There we yeah, go. Let's, let's, let's go with that. Let's go with Teutonophile. It's <laughs> definitely a word. Don't look it up. Alvida <laughs> <laughs> Zane. Thank you for listening to The Business of Beverages. It's been our pleasure to bring you this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and recommend us to one other friend or colleague. As ever, we are independently produced and self-funded, so we appreciate your support in listening, sharing, or reviewing this podcast. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter, where we go by at bizbevpod. If you'd like to support us further, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash bizbevpod. Uh, yeah, your sense of fashion has definitely been affected, I can tell, though. Uh, listen, I've probably been wearing the same t-shirt for three days now. <laughs>